0: Yes, people, how are you all doing? I hope we're all doing really well. Welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. So today we have a guest episode. Our guest is Nathan Collins, a PT and online coach. With Nathan today, we talk a bit about his startup in fitness, then obviously pursuing the personal training and online coach route. We talk a bit about competing. Nathan's competed once in a men's physique show. Talk about how that maintaining that low level of body fat is pretty much impossible and it's not, not maintainable long-term. We talk about how his training has changed from a more bodybuilding approach now into a functional functional training side of thing, which I think the industry in itself has changed over to. We then talk about content creation and not having to always be super productive. We talk about how Nathan set up his day and he said a really good point about working smart, not hard, which we'll talk on later in the podcast. So, before we jump straight into this one i just firstly want to say thank you for everybody for supporting the podcast over the last few months we appreciate it a lot and secondly if you do get the chance to continue to share the podcast on instagram facebook any sort of social media make sure obviously you tag myself and the guest just to spread the word it would mean the world so thank you very much again if you've done that in the past let's just keep it going so we'll get on with this episode this is process Yes, people, welcome back to Process. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, PT co- PT, and online coach, I should say, Nathan Collins. Welcome to the podcast, mate.
1: Dude, thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited to get into
0: this. Yeah, no worries. We've got the, we've got the setup up sort of eventually. We've got a few bookcases standing on there, but we're all good to go. So briefly, I'll let you kind of intro yourself. Obviously, I've obviously mentioned you're a PT and online coach, but how did you first get into fitness? And then we'll obviously pursue your whole journey getting into PT and online course down the line. So how did you first kind of get into it? to Start with?
1: Yeah. yeah, do you know what? Like it was back to when I was kind of 17, 18, um, but basically I, I, I went from sort of five foot four to six foot one, like really, really quickly. And I just went really lean, really skinny. And I think at one point I was looking at pictures from Holiday and it just that kind of real lean, skinny, no muscle there at all, a little bit of a kind of a belly. Um, and I just wanted to build a bit of muscle and just build a bit of physique. So um, I think that's kind of where it, where it first started. And at that time, I think it was started sixth form. A lot of people get into fitness anyway, so it was that kind of wanted to do it for me. Other people were doing it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a lot I was probably the same sort of thing. I was about probably the same height. For, I probably was about five foot nine or something like that, and I had a massive growth spurt to like six foot three, six foot four. So I had the same thing, and that was one of the main reasons for me getting into the gym was the muscle because there was nothing worse than wearing like a t-shirt and it was like bagging you look like a cord hanger in a sense I know exactly what it was like and um, but what was what was your training kind of looking like back then like there's obviously a lot of mistakes that beginners do make what was some of the things that you did yourself when you first started
1: yeah so when I first started um I, I was literally cause the, the closest gym to me at that point um there's accessible to me it was like a 30 minute bike ride out. Uh, Way so I think I only went like three times in a week. Like didn't do legs. Um, I only did upper body movements, and I don't think I really knew what a training split was then. I didn't even necessarily know that you did like chest one day, back one day. So I think for the first like six months, I think I literally just went and did the same routine where I was doing like a chest press. I did like a seated row, um, shoulder press, and then like a superset of bicep and tricep. And I literally did that straight for six months. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's kind of how it looked like and then started to work out individual um, in individual kind of actual
0: muscle groups. Yeah, I know. It's probably a similar sort of thing to me. Like, a lot of my things was from, like, magazines. Like, I literally used to get a buzz off going to, like, Tesco and buying the muscle and fitness magazines, whatever it is, and just copying them workouts. But, like, there is a lot of beginners. You do see them in the gym nowadays. They're having a clue kind of what they're doing. They're just kind of dot to dot into machines. Like, everybody starts somewhere kind of thing. So how did you start to kind of build a bit of knowledge and start to, well, the knowledge first of all, then also build that kind of interest in in wanting to progress your fitness career?
1: Do you know what? I just think it was over time. And I I guess that's probably why I didn't make too much progress over a period of time because right now we have, access to so many people, so many different kind of training styles and techniques and the way to do things. But I think back then, like, what would that have been? Like 2012 to 2014, 15, it wasn't really, you know, you didn't necessarily go on in because Instagram stories and and, and things weren't kind of available then. So I I guess my knowledge just came from like people just in the gym that you'd learn from or people that you'd see that were bigger and they would be doing a different exercise. Um, and I think like it <laughs> sounds really silly but do you remember like bodybuilding.com and like yeah. Simply Shredded like I think they're like forums on there and things and used to pick up a few things there YouTube as well I know Jamie Alderson um, who some people might know obviously went by the name of J back then I think he had a YouTube channel around sort of 2015 2016 so I, I learned a lot from him in terms of his own individual training spit. but I think in terms of actual knowledge training, nutrition whatever it may be I, I just think it just Scattered over time, you'd speak to someone and then you'd implement it and then you'd um, look at a forum and learn something and obviously YouTube video was the same.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, who else was the kind of things on you, people in YouTube that you watched? Because that was, that was kind of the, the peak era of fitness YouTube starting out. I remember for myself, it was like Jeff Side, Matt Orbus, like Guzman, Steve Cook and stuff like that. Were they the sort of similar people that you were kind of looking at and watching? Because I remember I would come home from school and watch them kind of hour after hour sort of thing. Was there anybody else who you were kind of really really kind of into at that time
1: yeah the, the main two were obviously Jamie Alderson Grenade J and uh, Joe Delaney Yeah, obviously went shred, shred Bundy did you like uh, him think back
0: it, like, all the way back then was that before the X on the beach or was it kind of after yeah b-
1: before the X on the beach i remember obviously when i was at university and we were watching yeah, yeah, X on the beach and he came on i was like
0: yes that's the guy that i watched youtube all the time which
1: is surreal <laughs> Um, but yeah Steve Kurt Christian Guzman I wasn't into like Jeff side or um, Matt to be fair Matt Ogres as well I didn't really watch or see mm-hmm. much of his stuff yeah. Um, yeah. but but those OGs if it wasn't for them you know might, never, might not have ever gotten to fitness which is yeah. crazy when you think about it
0: yeah, it's crazy about the Joe Delaney thing because he's came on loads in terms he's a lot more mainstream now but his old videos were hilarious if anybody hasn't watched his old like beef of vlogs and these little Tinder videos and stuff you need to go back. It's not very fitness-related stuff. There is some <laughs> fit, fitness-related stuff in, but there's a lot of different things. So from there, I wanted to actually touch on your nutrition when you first started. That would be interesting to talk about in terms of the mistakes you made, like everybody else used to make when they first kind of started. What was your your kind of nutrition like when you started off?
1: Yeah, um obviously, you're, I don't know, when, when you're high school or sixth form or university, just when you're starting... I'm pretty sure most people will be having the same thing they have a couple of slices of toast for for breakfast they'll then have a snack they would have like a sandwich and crisps to then eat whatever you know mom and dad cook in the evening so to go from that to then structuring your own nutrition you kind of do like a full like 180 in terms of me personally i went down the route of like kind of uh, whole meal stuff so like pasta rice nothing could be white that was the biggest mistake and um and obviously in the supplements as well creatine and whey proteins that was like the first kind of year then it kind of transitioned to actually you know what carbohydrates aren't good for me um they're not going to kind of like bulk me up which sounds crazy when you think about it now um so it was kind of more like okay what what are fats okay what foods have got fat in them what foods have got protein in them and then i just kind of based my diet around those and i think that's when i lost a lot of weight obviously you look leaner because you've got a bit of muscle anyway um but you got, you got no strength, you've got no size, you're not really going anywhere. So to begin with, they, they were my first, like that really stands out for myself. They were kind of my two stages that I went through.
0: Yeah, it's probably similar for me. Mine was like the very low carb, extremely high protein one, like slamming down shakes after training. Um, and then I remember coming in, having two chicken breasts and broccoli, no carb sauce whatsoever. And you just kind of like, you're stuck at that same point and you probably maybe make a few kind of gains to start with, start building a little bit of strength because you've never done it before. But after a long period of time, you're kind of just constantly hungry and then you're going to eat more protein and you've got no energy sort of thing. So there is a lot of mistakes that beginners do make, which is crazy. That it is like coaches like ourselves who obviously been training for a long time that we still used to make their mistakes now. But it's just education, obviously putting the time in in terms of even watching YouTube videos. There's a lot of, especially now that the, the kind of fitness industry has grown, there's a lot of people out there with really good knowledge really good content obviously yourself so you've got a youtube channel i've got a youtube channel check both of them out i'll put the link down in the uh, the show notes down below but there's so many people out there who are providing that sort of knowledge not just in terms of training but nutrition just for any beginners out there who don't know what to do and how did your training sort of progress into the point where you wanted to pursue it as an actual career rather than just as as like a hobby in a sense
1: yeah, well, we kind of briefly spoke about this just before, I obviously, went um, and started recording. I made that like I've been training for I don't know two or three years um, prior to university, and then when I was at university, it, like obviously I wanted to see Carly, my my current girlfriend's, and uh, I had to make a decision of playing football three to four times a week or um, continue with the gym. And funny enough, the the course I did at university was sports development and coaching, and we actually did a module on i don't know what the, the course was, was called but it was kind of um it's, it's like a mini uh, level two I, i'd get i'd guess give you a bit of like experience in terms of you want to take that as a, as a career and i wasn't really feeling it i was like actually you know what i just like gym is um gym for myself I like fitness for my own personal goals i don't want to take it as a career um so obviously i stopped football then i was obviously pursuing gym and and I think over time like the next couple of years even though obviously you might, might get this get into this later in the podcast even though i took a different career before getting into fitness i think that was a, a massive game changer for myself because i was like okay i'm purely focusing on myself with my own individual fitness goals and i think then the passion started to develop from there and i guess as time and social media grow grows as well like before, it was just YouTubers and people that be saying things about training and nutrition to an actual business and coach. And because, like, I guess back then, from a fitness point of view, it's just like it's your own personal fitness goals, there's no real career. Yeah, you can be a PT, you can help people, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of, yeah, over a period of a couple of years, it just went from, you know, okay, cool, just purely going to be focused on my own fitness goals, um, and then obviously develops into a career
0: yeah yeah so when you were obviously going into university was it something the degree that you're doing was it like a career path that you've seen yourself taking or was it something that kind of but right, the next steps to go to university and i still don't really know exactly what i want to pursue what were your kind of mindsets going in obviously like before university going into it
1: uh, yeah, I, I think up until that point, I was used to coaching. So I took the, I took the degree to hopefully become like a, a football coach or uh, just, I played badminton as well at that time. So some kind of sports coach. And then I got into like teaching into like a primary school and I thought well, actually it might go down that route. So the kind of idea of the degree was to go down teaching. And maybe that's why I didn't pursue fitness earlier because I kind of had my mind set out that I was going to be a teacher without actually really thinking about, is that what I want to do? And obviously, that was a, a massive game change for myself, making that transition. Um, but I think prior to that, I just had experience in teaching and coaching, not obviously um, online coaching, but just coaching in terms of people and an environment. Um, so that that's kind of where I was going through with the university.
0: Yes. Yeah, so did you finish your uni degree? Did you complete it all and do the, all the years? Yeah.
1: So I uh, finished my uni, uni degree and then started a two-year like a teaching, training um, module kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first year was a TA, and then the second year I would be doing my PGC, which obviously would then allow me to be a qualified teacher. I uh, mm-hmm. just did that for one year before I, I got into coaching.
0: Yeah, when did you do your personal... Have you, you would have done your personal training certificate. When did you start kind of pursuing that, like thinking, all right, this is something that I might actually want to do now?
1: Yeah, so in the first year that I was training to become a teacher, made the decision... I think just before Easter, that I wanted yeah. to get out of teaching and go into, at the time, obviously personal training. Uh, so it was at Easter and then I think I did an online course, um, completed all the modules, and then I just had to go in for um, some like practical exams.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so once you kind of, so you stepped away from obviously pursuing the teaching thing, was it, in a sense, was it, did you see it as a big risk? Like did your family maybe think like, oh, like why are you kind of putting in this university degree which you've worked so hard for sort of thing? to kind of pursue something that you're passionate for? Was it something that in your head you were like, all right, I'm actually risk- risking a little bit here?
1: Do you know what? They're actually really, really supportive. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember at the time, like, it was a really, like, excuse my language, but it was a really fucking scary time, mm-hmm. like, at that period of time, because it was like my last three or four years, I was used to teaching, and it was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I remember, like, having a heart talk with Carly at the time, and sort of saying, like, I don't want to do this, I want to go into obviously personal training and then you don't really i guess at that period of time i didn't have any kind of cases to fall back on so i didn't say like oh this person's done really well this person's done really well like i had nothing i wasn't really sure how to go into it so obviously had a hard time with carly and then i rang my mom and said like this is what i want to do and obviously you know you're crying on the phone because you're like scared but kind of excited you feel like it's a massive like weight off your shoulders but then you don't know what direction to go into uh, but yeah, really, really supportive, didn't question anything um, or anything like that, which is supportive of, of what I do. I guess for my family, like my dad is into insurance, like my brother, he's an actor, which is also kind of like insurance. My sister, she's a teacher. Um, no one's into fitness. They're into sport, but they're not into fitness. They're not into no one in my family is self-employed. So when you make a decision like that, it's completely new. Um, but yeah, they were they were really, really supportive.
0: No, that's good. It does go to show how important having like a good family knit or like friendship, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, having that tight group is because that is a big decision, and you might have, if you didn't get that support, or maybe if your family didn't approve of it, you might have not ended up actually pursuing your your true passion. It is a big risk at the end of the day, but having that support network, and obviously, I appreciate you talking about that because there is obviously it goes to show that there is the reality that there is times you have to make that tough decision. If you are in a job or you're in a career or you're even like a relationship that you're not happy with, sometimes as hard as it is, you have to kind of step back and say, well, you know what, I'm actually not happy. Do I want my life to continue on this path? Like in five years time, am I going to be happy doing what I'm doing now? If the answer is no, that's when you need to pull yourself out of it and say, right, what do I what do I enjoy doing? What do I, can I see myself doing long term like yourself and pursue that fitness career? Obviously, I've had a similar story in terms of myself. So there is examples now, I think with social media, there is a lot more examples out there, whether it's, you can see them on podcasts, like films have been made about that sort of, like tragic kind of change in someone's life. So it is great to obviously show, and obviously you opening up about that, and show that you can not take that risk. Like going to university and doing a, doing a four year degree, whatever it is, doesn't mean you've wasted those four years if you go and pursue something else, it just means you've took what you've learned from that and kind of put it into, whatever passion you've kind of got.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Something that I really like, I think it was maybe 2019, I used to say to myself like, ah, oh, if I only didn't go to university, wasted well, all that time, but like what obviously Carly kept reminding me was, and I think this is a really important point. If you didn't do that, if you did a flip reversal after you left school, you didn't go to university, started becoming a personal trainer because you enjoyed fitness i might have given that up after one or two years mm-hmm. and then i was 20 or 21 and i have to do something else you've kind of done it the other way you've kind of experienced okay so you've been used to teaching you went down that route okay that's 100 percent not what you want to do you realize what you want to do and i think that's a really powerful point and i think i talk a lot about obviously taking action and starting now you know not in terms of or obviously in terms of your actual kind of fitness goals but i think the same thing is in terms of career as well because there is never, ever the perfect time to start. Like, Again, use an example of obviously Jamie Alderton. He was in the army when he was up until, I think maybe 26, 27, 28, then transitioned to fitness. Like People normally think that's too late. You should be settling down, you should be having a settled job and that with a family. So definitely, again, when it comes to taking action, like, there's never a perfect time to start. Just do what you want to do.
0: Yeah, is that goes back to that stereotype that you mentioned there about settling down and stuff like that. They- like fuck stereotypes there isn't there isn't a st- everyone's life is different so like you mentioned there about that example like I know James Smith the PT obviously he's obviously blown up at the minute he didn't start doing his PT until he was 24 like I'm thinking to myself right I'm 24 now I've started like a year or two ahead of him where can I kind of achieve and there is never there's so many examples of people who do start like I think Oprah was an example and I think Jay-Z started later in or they like, kind of started kicking on later in their kind of careers like there's so many examples of, of thinking like right, um, just because I'm five years ahead of of older than someone else doesn't mean it's too late for me to start something then the example obviously yourself you kind of pursued that teaching teaching degree you finish your degree at uni you know that you've put everything into that and at the end of that you weren't happy with it whereas there might be some people who are kind of halfway through the degree and they've kind of got in the mind oh do I want to do this do I Definitely give yourself, give you like 100% to it because there's there's nothing worse than not giving 100%. You might end up a year down the line actually enjoying something. It might just be a, a rough patch. So literally pursue it as far as you can until you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I've literally given my everything to this, whatever career it was. I'm not happy with it. Now I'm going to take a step back and, and go and try a different avenue. It could be something that you enjoy. It could be something that you've never done before. Just try different things. And obviously there's, there's less risk when you do it when you're younger rather than when you're older and you obviously have more commitments. As well uh,
1: i think in terms of that as well like there's so many unanswered questions so like like 2017 let's say i want to go into personal training like i didn't know who was a person trainer i didn't know how you did how you got into person training mm-hmm. like i soon realized that majority of it is self-employed like how do i earn an income like there's so many questions you have that's like because we when we kind of obviously grow up and go into jobs Every, like we have to work hard, but everything's kind of put in place, like you're directed to a, a, a way that you want to go, like you're stepping out of that to then decide your own future and your own kind of decisions, which is really scary. But as soon as you start doing that, it then falls into place. And I get a lot of questions like on Instagram being like, oh, how do you do this? Or, or what's the best for this? And it's one of those things where you can google as much as you want but until you make that decision you'll never know so for example when it comes to like cameras and lenses like what's the best lens to have like until you actually buy one and use it and see like what your lighting is like and everything like that you'll never actually know
0: yeah you just life's kind of that's why i call the podcast process life's the process and you learn along the way so if you want to start something doesn't matter if you start off, like I started YouTube, podcast, Instagram stuff. My content was probably shit to start with, but you learn, you get better, you learn about like editing, you learn about, about like knowledge, about training, you learn about what camera's good, like we talked about cameras just before the podcast, like what camera's good, what works well with this. You just learn, and you get better, but there's nothing worse than like trying to start something and trying to be perfect right at the start. Like just literally start something, It's except that you're going to be a bit shit and you're going to make mistakes and you might, then I'll get your piss taken out of you for being on camera or whatever it is, but, down the line you will get better and you, you will learn and you'll you'll pick up things from other people so whatever it is if you're kind of scared to go to the gym just kind of take that first step and maybe just buy a membership and just get started you might not have a clue what to do but you put yourself in that scenario if you could end up speaking to someone a personal trainer might say oh here's an exercise you might want to try and then you kind of just build and build that momentum and kind of just just go from there so just just start stuff um mm. so going back to your training, your fitness career, was your training more specific, like bodybuilding to start with, or was it kind of like to do with your football? What was what was your training specifically looking like and how did it progress?
1: Yeah, so obviously one, I guess up until I made the decision to obviously transition into, um, obviously personal trainer, the, the kind of year or two before that, that's when I started obviously falling into like kind of training splits and doing like a kind of uh, pushable legs, upper lower kind of training split. I think that was the, the one I tend to use for, for the majority of the couple of years. Um, and then I guess like, I think it was literally maybe like six months before I decided to transition to personal trainer. That's when I obviously learned about um, bodybuilding and obviously progressively overloading, which sounds silly because like, that's why I try and educate as, as people as much as possible on my social media. Cause I spent a good like four years without actually understanding what progressive overload was and all those kind of basic things that we speak about now. Um, but yeah, so just before, obviously, I made transition to personal training, that's when I obviously got into bodybuilding, understand progressively overloading, prioritising the heavy movements as well. Um, so that was kind of 2016,
0: 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also i have been, I looked at I had a little story for you, YouTube and stuff like that. I didn't realise you competed as well. So you competed in bodybuilding. When was that and kind of taught me through that whole process and how different was it to what you thought?
1: Yeah, so that was, I competed June 2018, my first and, and only in competition, and that was in men's physique. Um, so in 2017, obviously my mindset was, I personally think, well, I think my mindset's strong, but that was the first point of my life, I, feel, I felt like my mindset was literally untouchable in terms of myself, like I made that transition, I was doing something that my family hadn't done before, um, I was doing... I guess I was creating a personal training career that many people couldn't at that time. Um, and I had a decent physique. So I was like, I want to compete. Like, I always wanted to do something that really pushed that barrier. And Obviously, I've been used to sports and challenging myself and things like that. Um, so I obviously got myself a coach, which again, from a business point of view as well, was, was fantastic because I learned a lot, which hopefully took in into my online coaching process and stuff. Um, so yeah, competed June 2018, Came sixth at eleventh, which which is a bit dead. But from um, a mindset point of view, was was the best thing i I think I've ever done because even though it it was crazy and like so many, I started at a really heavy position as well. So put into context, over 16 weeks, I went from 98 kilos to like 82. I think I lost like a kilo a week on on average. Yeah. Uh, there's more the first couple of weeks, which which is which is crazy when you think about it um but i was trying to build a business a personal training business at the same time i was getting in cardio like so my my day basically was like 5am in the morning till nine o'clock in the evening nonstop every single day and then sunday i'd record a youtube video yeah. so like that sounds really crazy and i wouldn't recommend that to anyone but i remember saying to myself at the time whatever happens with me competing if i'm you know taking it forward i'm gonna compete again i know like nothing will ever be harder than that period of time Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, but obviously then transitioned again. We'll yeah, I think it.
0: It, yeah, I think it's great doing set yourself little challenges like that, like things you've never done. I've always debated competing and stuff like that, whether i pursue it or not. But it is always different to kind of, like, it always is good to kind of try different things, different like processes that you've never tried before. In that example, you've probably learned a lot because you know how tough it is. You probably know the reality now and have a lot more respect for bodybuilding and stuff. And also you can actually preach to your clients like, being at that low level of body fat and getting to that point is not sustainable long-term. Like you've actually experienced it yourself. So maybe when you have a client come and says, right, I want to get shredded. I want to be 2% body fat, blah, blah, blah. You say, right, look, this is your goal. Maybe like you want, to, you might want to compete down the line, but your goal at the minute is this. This is what we need to do in long-term. It isn't sustainable to be at that sort of level of body fat. Like what were your energy levels when you were kind of like the last few weeks of, of competing?
1: Yeah, so obviously it was like a 16-week cut the last i think five weeks were, were really challenging like yeah. it was just painful to even like bend down and, and perform a kettlebell swing for a client and it got to that point where i guess at the time like i wasn't really thinking like anything of it like i just kind of was able, I was able to make do but obviously looking back now and, and straight away after as well when my energy levels were much higher i was like how did i how did i do that but i think at that period of time i I put it into blocks. So, for example, I do my cardio, and then I'd come back, I shower, then okay, I have clients from eight to, t- eight to ten, then I can sit down and enjoy my breakfast. And I think I broke my day into that. And I guess, like, again, like I know it's competing, but the same thing applies now. Like, when you have a really really busy day, it's very very overwhelming. You're gonna get tired, but if you break it down to certain points, it's it's quite easy. You just tick them off.
0: Yeah, it's just routine. I'm big on preaching like routine. I wanted to quickly ask you before we'll talk about routine, what were your calories when you were like the last few weeks of competing, obviously before you were kind of carving up and stuff? What were they like then compared to how many calories you're on now? Just to put into context in terms of like, obviously you're in decent shape now, this is the, probably like a healthy, sustainable weight that you're at. How many calories are you on now compared to when you were kind of ridiculously lean?
1: Yeah, so um, obviously a bit of context, like this was what, three years ago now, so, mm-hmm started 98 kilos ended up roughly i think about 82 kilos it was only from about 86 onwards or maybe 87 like those last five kilos that was past the point so right now i'm about 90 kilos um and this is a sustainable weight probably maybe just a little bit under than my maintenance weight but like this this is fine so once you go past that point it's it's, it's, you know energy levels completely you know they're not they're non-existent um, I think from a calorie point of view I was I was definitely minus 2000 I think I was like 1800 1900 yeah. but my st- is my expenditure so my coach at the time he was very high on keep the food in expenditure really high so I think for my last six weeks I was doing 500 calories of cardio every single day uh, five or six days in the week and 15,000 steps um which, which is crazy so it was basically like it worked out an hour on the stairmaster maybe sort of 45 50 minutes um and then getting the steps in and alongside your training as well i had six day training split so every single day it was an hour and a half training an hour cardio and then basically an hour and a half walking which is crazy i think if, I if my expenditure wasn't that high then 100 percent the calories would be even lower mm-hmm. so yeah
0: what you are now roughly just to maintain your, your weight, just to give a little bit of comparison for the listeners. Um,
1: I reckon anywhere between like 2,500 to 2,750, I yeah. reckon. And then
0: obviously the expenditure isn't like anywhere near as much in terms of the cardio and the steps and stuff like that. So it just goes to show like anybody who does want to get ridiculously lean and look like people to see on Instagram. Well, first of all, people on Instagram probably aren't relatively like as lean as bodybuilders are in terms of competing. They you get to ridiculous kind of body fat percentages but it's just not sustainable long term and like you said even if you're doing it if you're doing a 9 to 5 job trying to fit in 15,000 steps plus cardio plus a workout 6 days a week you're not only going to struggle for time but you're going to be absolutely zapped and your sleep's going to be all over the place so it's just not something that sustain, that is sustainable yes you can do it for short periods of time and there might be times where if you are competing you have to but a kind of healthy. You want to kind of get a life balance where you're at a weight and you're at a calories like that. You're taking calories at a, a kind of healthy level that you can maintain and stay happy. Because what was your what was your mood like in terms of when you were then? Because I've been like relatively lean before, not competing level, but I was a I wasn't a happy boy into because I like my food. What were you like yes, in terms sir. of your in terms of your, your mood?
1: Well, I, I think I I think I was right, but I I know
0: I wasn't. <laughs> Hi, I, I,
1: yeah, I know I know Carly would would say otherwise. Um I don't know, like a bit like what I said a second ago, like you kind of just do it on a day-to-day basis. You don't see it as anything else. It just feels normal. But um, I I guess I think I got really, really tired, quite I think more like grouchy in the evening, like you'd flip at things. But throughout the day, I I think I was okay. Um, But a bit like what you said from obviously sustainability point of view, I think, when, it, when I would go back to like 2017, 2018, and I think that's when social media personally like really started to develop, especially Instagram as well. Like you saw these physiques. So I think competing was very much in, and yeah, maybe I I personally competed because it was kind of a current thing, but I definitely did it for, for two main reasons from a, a mindset point of view, as I've obviously touched on, obviously from a business point of view as well, because I think you said earlier in terms of you want to show that you can get that lean and you kind of want to walk the walk before you talk the talk. So. I think for that period of time, like compete and everything like that. And it's very much in right now, obviously you, you see loads of vlogs and YouTube and everything like that, which is epic. Um, but I think back then, I, I don't know if you remember, but like 2017, 2018 was, was really hot for competing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to follow quite a lot of like, even the big like influences on YouTube and stuff for competing, but it's kind of died off now. Well, one reason probably because of COVID and stuff like that, but it's kind of, I feel like people are transitioning more into away from competing in bodybuilding and that strict to more functional kind of style of training, which I know yourself, I've seen on your Instagram and stuff, you've been doing a lot more Metcons, EMOM, sort of functional stuff, integrating bodybuilding movements, but in a kind of functional conditioning kind of way. So getting your best bang for your buck in terms of different exercises. When did you kind of start diving into that sort of different style of training away from purely bodybuilding? Yeah,
1: so obviously we all know what happened last March in 2020. Mm -hmm. I think the last six months prior to that, I wasn't enjoying my training, like, I, training is a habit and it's a routine and it'd always be there, you know, not only from a physical health point of view, but from a mental health point of view, and my ultimate goal is always, you know, look as good as possible, feel as good, uh, and just keep improving in year and year, so that's staple, like, that would never go away, but I think for the last six months prior to that, so end of 2019... I just wasn't really enjoying training that much and i think that i i think at that point i made the decision not to compete anymore so i knew i didn't want to do that so i kind of lost a little bit of training and obviously what happened last march and obviously we were transitioning to home workouts and i remember i was doing some like facebook lives i was doing like some hit sessions and things like that for some of my team members and like i wasn't fit like i was really out of breath and i just up until that point for the last three years i was used to bulking up cutting down bulking up cutting down and and i was at the period i think i was maybe about 96 kilos so you know go back to the context that i said with before i competed i was 98 so i was that top end of you know a decent amount of body fat and um i don't know some i just kind of got into like functional fitness in terms of, i looked at a few people that were into kind of like crossfit and and new movements and mobility and things like that and i just wanted to just be fitter and be better at things that maybe i've neglected and i i don't know if obviously covid didn't happen would i still be in the same position i, I think i would because i was going down that route of maybe being bored of bodybuilding and doing the same things every single day to then test myself and like i said you know from a mindset point of view up until this point it's okay, mindset completed, what's the next one? What's going to keep challenging me? And I think this was the natural progression and I just think COVID sped up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think it has kind of changed since COVID. That was when I really started. I was always into like functional stuff, like coming from a football back background, trying to stay obviously cardiovascular fit as well as trying to build muscle. But that kind of flip was around at the COVID time when you see the likes of like Ollie or Marcus Philly, uh, people on Instagram putting these kind of like functional bodybuilding kind of workouts out in a sense. So that's the kind of flip. And I think one of the things that's so appealing about that is the kind of well for, for me personally it's the amount of calories that you're you're burning you burn a lot more calories in a session than a typical bodybuilding session where you're resting two three minutes between sh- sets doing eight to twelve reps whatever it is you're burning a lot more you're constantly moving your heart rate's high and i love food which is one of the reasons why i like kind of having myself in the gym so that was one of the things for me and also the feeling after the way like, the endorphin release after a workout like it's something there's there's not no better kind of endorphin release than after a A tough, I don't know, twenty-minute EMOM conditioning session, whatever it is. Like after that, you feel so much better compared to like after a a a push day or a chest day sort of thing. And that's just for myself personally. Obviously, people who do get the buzz off that, but I I have seen the fitness industry just sort of kind of flip, and it used to kind of be frowned on when people used to say CrossFit, especially in the bodybuilding industry. Like CrossFit, like you, you're you're somewhere else. You're in a different kind of religion in a sense, but. Flipping over, like now it's just a lot more acceptable, and you see people who used to bodybuild now transitioning over and adding in different sort of conditioning pieces and trip, like not just supersets, but like actually doing like rounds of stuff rather than just putting them back to back. And um, so the fitness energy, how things transitioned over, quite a bit. Have you done this kind of do the same sort of thing with your clients in terms of you? You notice the your style of trains being, you know, more enjoyed from by your clients rather than just the bodybuilding thing. I don't know if it's you've had any experience with that yourself
1: yeah definitely i think in terms of my client base and and just before i talk about that i think um a really good point that you mentioned there in terms of people kind of more in categories or like bodybuilding and crossfit i think very much sort of i might be wrong but like three years ago you kind of had powerlifting bodybuilding um and you had crossfit and then you kind of had just general people that went to the gym Mm -hmm. i think now bodybuilding and crossfit there's a massive kind of like um, changeover between those two and I think CrossFit now like it's gone in so many different directions like for myself like I still do some kind of bodybuilding style training maybe very minimal but I'm not a CrossFitter I'm kind of like formed like bodybuilding strength uh, and conditioning I probably that, that's probably how I explain my training so you can kind of do it and you can set it out however so you get a bit of everything which mm-hmm. I think is really important And you've got to find what works for you in terms of my clients the same thing applies i think i've got a mixture of people that maybe just like that bodybuilding style training that simple basic because when you start to send emoms and metcons and uh, chippers yeah. and all of these kind of uh, time rounds it's, it's quite hard to get your head around into to begin with um so obviously i'll, I'll put a few in there I'll, I'll kind of test it but it's very much dependent on that individual and what they enjoy and maybe at that time they don't know quite what they enjoy just yet or maybe yeah. they're used to a certain style of training that haven't been introduced obviously Myself as a coach, you know, that's obviously my responsibility to get the most out of their training um, and obviously physical shape as well. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think it's a little bit of of both. It's um, they some some clients they they like what they like. They just need more kind of guidance and, and level up in that particular area. And obviously, some people are open to you know experimenting if it's going to benefit
0: them. Yeah, I was going to say. I remember the first time that um, I tried to do like an email with my client. So when lockdown started open up, not we went out do outdoor group group stuff. When it was summertime obviously i was trying to get small group stuff and trying to explain an e to people when they hadn't done it before it's like right this you do this on this minute the next minute you do that and whatever you have left so it's just kind of like showing clients there's more than just one way of training like if they've like a lot of my clients from the gym that i was working at they're, they're so used to just like general class based circuit training right you do this exercise for this amount of time you rest and you go again so Adding in different kind of bits of training kind of opens people's eyes and they might find that they enjoy it so much more. And it kind of gives them, they might be stuck in the same routine and rut of like I have to force myself to go to the gym, but now with a new style of training I might actually give them a little bit of a buzz and like, oh, this is different. I quite enjoy that. So mixing up your training, but obviously you're, gonna, you're still going to get your old school bodybuilders who are just very stuck in their own ways in a sense. So I wanted to move on now, talk a bit about social media and kind of your growth yourself. I've noticed obviously since lockdown, there's been a massive growth for yourself. Is there anything you think in particular that has helped you, whether it be a certain platform and on social media, like obviously TikTok's now kind of a big thing. You've got a decent following on TikTok. Is there anything in particular that you've noticed that has kind of helped you grow your your social media now?
1: What What in terms of like the actual kind of following and engaging? In terms
0: of the following and obviously client base as well, because that's the two kind of separate things. So in terms of your Instagram, I know you've went from, I don't know how many followers, to you're on like 14 or 15K now what do you think's kind of help help with that is it just consistency or is there any set thing that you kind of planned out
1: i guess when it comes to social media and and again this is from my own experience i think 2017 like when i got into it and obviously i was running my business and i was like oh i got to start like a fitness account now and you you post the same things like uh, how to track your macros and yeah. why you should use creatine which are, don't get me wrong are really really important Um, but you're, you haven't really got like an audience then, or people that like kind of listen and, and, and take action from the point. So I think you've got to kind of just get into it, give it time because obviously, you know, time is really important, but you've got to know what direction you're going into. So if you said to me, okay, what's your Instagram like, what's your TikTok like? I know the type of content that I'm going to produce. I'm not just going to produce content for the sake of it. And I think from a following point of view, don't even think about the followers. And even though it's nice, if you hit 10k on Instagram and you get a swipe up, like I was fucking buzzing my tits off when, like when that happens. Yeah. But you shouldn't primarily put focus on that. You should think, okay, especially if you're business, what type of content do you want to do? What type of content works? What type of content is going to help your business and, and, and grow a kind of audience and get people attracted to you? Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a mixture of things. Like I just think that you and we have access to it, you've got to see what other people are doing. You don't copy them because it just won't work, but you've got to see what niche they're at and what what kind of
0: coach or what kind of content you want to produce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I've noticed, to, in fact, do you look at like your insights and stuff? Because I've noticed this called like T M cycles. He's very big on. He's talked about like he actually plans out all his social media. He does like spreadsheets on which posts have done well and stuff. Do you look into it that deeply? You just kind of like look at your content. Like all oh, right, this one got quite a few saves or quite a few likes, and I'm gonna do even more of them. Do you plan out your your content across the week?
1: Yeah, from an insight point of view, I. Let's just take Instagram for example, maybe not as in depth as like TM Cycles would do, but I look at the amount of people it's reached and the amount of saves it's got. Obviously, saves is, is powerful. The more saves you get, um, you'll you notice the reach will go up so high. Um, so I look at that, and obviously, now I'm able to see like kind of maybe like a certain mobility post or a certain warm up post does better than others. And then obviously, I, I get the insight from that, and obviously, now I create more content based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think from an insight point of view, it's, it's like anything, like you can get too into it and overthink it and then maybe miss out types of content that you could do, but you're too associated with what's going well, if that makes sense. So like Tim Cycles, you know, fantastic. It's got a whole kind of spreadsheet and, and that works perfectly. But from, from my personal point of view, like for example, let's take TikTok. The more I look into it, the more I'm like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to do that sort of post because it's, it's, it's not going to do well. But that type of platform, you've got to do it. Like, you've got to know your niche and you've got to know types of content you want to produce. Mm-hmm. But some things that you think might not go well, like you'll be really surprised, can go viral. You can get hundreds of thousands of views yeah. and you'd never think about it. So I think it's, a, I guess it's a bit of both. you need to know your insights, you need to know what works well, but then experiment at the same time.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask what's your um what's your screen time like on your phone? Is it quite is it off the wall or not? Is it not too bad? It's it's not good. Um, it's nine hours plus a, yeah. a day.
1: Um, and also I've, I've actually introduced uh, like phone free Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been something from the from the start of the year because, like everything is on my phone, like all my social media platforms, my WhatsApp, my Notion packs with my um with my team members. Everything is on my phone. That like, if I'm on my phone, I'm just look at like the football scores or the news or whatever it may be. Like, I'm always going to go onto that platform, and then obviously the screen time just gets higher and higher and higher. So, yeah, I've actually introduced phone-free Fridays, um, Sundays, sorry. Yeah, I want I
0: want to do something like that. I try and stay off my phone and not really post too much on Saturdays. My Saturdays is kind of right. This is my chilled kind of day. I'm not going to post on social media. I, like, I do six posts a week. Saturday is my day off, just completely resting. But I think that's really important, especially not just even if you're a an influencer or somebody who is on social media take taking time away from your phone because it's so easy to get sucked in and it is like you've probably seen the social dilemma I think a lot of people have seen it on Netflix like the, the phones are designed to try and suck you in and keep you on it for as long as possible so just taking that time away and just putting your phone down and just leaving it for a bit like I turn all my notifications off so the like Instagram the little red thing doesn't come or anything like, like little hacks like that are so important just for just for your mental health and just actually not being so like kind of obsessed with how many likes you're getting like if this like post is doing well like i don't know about yourself but nowadays when i put a post on i just put it on and i don't look at my phone i'm not constantly looking all right how many likes are they coming in i'm not like constantly refreshing the page i don't know if you ever got to a point where you were like that or if you you've kind of stepped away from it Do do you get like that sometimes with posts
1: yeah definitely I think I think it's normal and I think most people agree with like if you're building a following or you build, like your likes are going up like I, I don't know what it does to you but it's, it's an instant kind of gratification isn't it like mm-hmm. you, you feel good because you've created something that people like and that makes you kind of happy and that makes that you know whether it's from an ego point of view it's just like amazing like that's doing well and you just want to keep checking up on it I think like that is normal like and I think anyone listen to this like accept that that is a thing but um, I agree, I think turning off notifications is a powerful one. When you create content, okay cool, create it, there you go, have it like, do whatever you want with it for the next hour and I'll, I'll come back to you and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree, It's I, I, I always find as well, like I turn my phone on airplane mode in the evening, because obviously everything's on my phone, I might have a WhatsApp message from a client, I might have a, a Google form being filled out in the evening, uh, I might have like, I wouldn't say a nasty comment, but maybe uh, a comment like coming at me on TikTok saying this is incorrect. Yeah. And it does kind of fuck your emotions massively because you're either going to go be really happy, you're going to be low, you can be angry, you can be frustrated. you you got to have that time yourself where you completely switch off
0: for sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. Do you have a, talking about mental health, if you don't mind talking about because it, it's something I try and preach a lot in terms of, obviously you've already talked about the time where you, you kind of stop your, your teaching career or path. Terms of growing social media and obviously being in a sense an influence. Everybody who's got a half decent kind of social media following is technically an influencer. Is there any times where maybe you do get a bad comment or maybe there's a long period where maybe you don't pick up clients, you start losing clients, or you're not getting the fault like the likes that you want. You're putting a lot of time. Like YouTube's a big thing to talk about in terms of putting a lot of time in, into editing, into film and stuff, and not getting the kind of feedback that you want. Is there been any moments where you're just like, wait? When, when when's things gonna happen like getting really frustrated or maybe even like quite down about it do you have any moments like that
1: yeah all the time like at the end of the day well like when you obviously have your own kind of business and you're working for yourself like time and money are the two main things like you only have a certain amount of time in the week and you can be earning a certain amount of money in the week and i think if anything that you do affects those like for example if you're putting out content that's not working it's like well, where's the six hours that I've spent all day on Thursday doing this, this and that, like, it's not doing anything. And I think the same thing is with with, my, with money, like money I think needs to be spoken more about, I think, I, I don't know how, but in a sense of like income and like if people are struggling or if people are doing really well, like that's another thing as well when people are doing well, like people don't really talk about it because it's frowned upon. Um, so I think when, if, from a finance point of view, if you're struggling with your business, you're doing really well, it, it, it does kind of like fuck you a little bit because like I said you know you only have a certain amount of time in the week and you can only make a, well obviously you can make a certain amount of money and if one of those is affected then it does affect your mental health and it makes you question everything like when you're creating content or um, I find as well obviously I put a lot of time in the week in terms of my kind of clients and my kind of service so if I create videos for my membership site or um, I'm creating content for the Facebook group or I'm doing this and and nothing's really, you know, I haven't got a new client in a week or something like that. It's like, well, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? Like this, this isn't right. This is like this isn't right at all. But I think, I think from a progression point of view, like the barriers and your, um, I guess your goals, just keep going further and further. And I think it's really, really important just to keep look back, looking back, like you got into the industry or you got into your job at a certain amount of time, you had nothing in the first six months. you got to look at that kind of progression point that you're creating such demand on you right now. Um, that I guess is only a good thing, but yeah, there's, there's, there's been loads of times when obviously I'm down and I think definitely since obviously last March, everything happened and um, you know, that causes even more anxiety, definitely.
0: Yeah. There will be a lot of people, especially self-employed people right now struggling a lot. And then when it comes to, especially being like an online coach, personal trainer, Put, you have to put a lot more time into content stuff like than people actually realize. People probably think like, right, if I'm posting every single day and I'm doing this, that and the other, that I'm gonna automatically get clients. It doesn't happen like that. It's gonna take, it takes a long, long time to kind of build up a following, a client base. Like like I mentioned about YouTube, trying to build a, a good YouTube following these days is so hard. It's gonna take like years and years and years to kind of get to that point. Or you might get lucky. You might get one or two videos that kind of do go viral and get a few, a few hundred thousand views or whatever it is. Some people do kind of, in a sense, get luckier than than others. However, you've just got to kind of buy your time and trust that everything that you're doing is worthwhile. And I think there's a lot more to being online than people actually think in terms of the hours to put in. Like we're, like as much as like we don't like re- probably realize it, the amount of time that we put into editing and posts and stuff, we're probably touching like sometimes 50, 60 hour weeks without actually realizing it because you're on your phone, like you don't think that you're actually working, but you are. so. It is a lot more than people think, and if there's any personal trainers who are starting off, if you don't enjoy kind of doing them sort of things, don't enjoy putting contact out, don't enjoy like, obviously like doing gym-based stuff like, on, on the gym floor one-to-one, if you don't enjoy that sort of thing, it's going to kind of catch up with you, and probably you're probably going to feel the, um, sort of the amount of hours that you are doing, you're going to feel like, what like, what's the point of me doing this, I'm doing all this effort for nothing, so it's just, it's just kind of time.
1: I I think yeah exactly that I think in terms of obviously I, I guess mental health and and when you kind of question everything yourself I think that's when a support network comes into play really well because you can't as much as it comes down to you like you can't do everything yourself and when things are going well or things aren't going quite so well and you're and you question things you need that support network to just basically help you open your eyes look at the bigger picture like again maybe realign you in terms of okay you're still going for that particular goal you've you know, you've got big 2021 goals this year. You're still going to get there. You know, you've had a dip for a week or a month or whatever it may be. Um, and then obviously highlight things that, you know, that you wouldn't have highlighted before. So things gone well. And I think, you know, whether that's from a girlfriend or boyfriend um, or a friend or someone else in the industry or in your job, I think you definitely need those people for sure.
0: Yeah, you need your friends to big you up as well. Because when you like, sometimes when you are doing well, you don't realise it, like you mentioned before, about kind of reflecting and looking back on how far you've came, like when you first started, you set up your Instagram, you've, you're have you a qualified PT, you would love to be at the stage you're at, like two, three years down the line with a few followers, maybe like, you might have 15, 20 clients or whatever it is, you would love to be at that point then, but when you get to that point, you're like, you see someone on Instagram and they've got 40 clients and they've got an extra 500 followers or 1000 followers, you wanna be at that level now, you're never kind of satisfied, especially when you've got a passion for something, you're never satisfied and you're always, it's a bad thing, but you are always comparing yourself to other coaches other people on social media thinking right what are they doing there at that level i need to be doing more than that like i get myself kind of in a rut with with stuff like that in terms of comparing myself with people but you just need to remind yourself right look how far you've came first of all this is how long you've been doing it you might not have been doing it as long as someone else and you know that each day as long as you are putting in the effort you're putting out the content you're interacting with clients you're actually trying to help people rather than just purely focusing on the followers and stuff then that's all you can really do and just kind of trust the process and trust that the things that you're doing one day will pay off. Um, so you, you can't beat yourself up. And like you said, having a good network of people who will remind you like, right, maybe you need to take a step back today because you've worked hard and things aren't going well. Or Like today you're doing really well, well done sort of thing. So it's just having, having that support network massively, massively important. Obviously yourself, you seem to have a, a good kind of surrounding with your family, your girlfriend and stuff, which is definitely important. So... Good stuff. I was gonna say, touching on routine, talk me through a routine. Obviously, say we're not in COVID, we're back in the gym. Are you still doing a bit of one-to-one stuff and then online? How do you kind of set up your day to be as productive as possible?
1: Yes, that's a big one. Obviously, we we spoke about briefly before, Like, obviously, what am I doing now? Like in terms of the gyms are open when I do one-to-one, it's a, it's a difficult question because, you know, in the last 11 months, gyms have only really been open for four of them, I mean, they've only been open for a third. So, you know, my ultimate goal is obviously to, to be full-time online, but obviously prior to that, like last summer, um, still doing a little bit of one-to-one stuff, still enjoying that and, and, and whatnot. But um, I think in terms of an actual day for myself, it's like, I got a bit into the habit of like getting up too early and working too long you know sometimes you know you got to think you know working smart is a lot better than working kind of hard because you can put so many hours into that particular day but if you're not efficient enough then you know you're not going to be as productive but i think like a typical day for myself like i guess not necessarily in this order because i do have routines and stuff but it's more than non-negotiables so you're, you're talking like walking obviously i fast for a, for a period of time to like kind of 10 11 o'clock uh, fasting workout in the evening um, having a certain time in the in the day to have like a solid three or four hours of like head down with my work um and, and planning in the morning as well so it's really difficult because obviously every day is slightly different in terms of how i set my day up in terms of like check-ins or if i've got like zoom calls with my clients or if i'm filming a youtube video but like the morning kind of stays with the non-negotiables, mm-hmm. um, and then it kind of transitions from yeah. there.
0: Yeah, I've seen you've got the little ticky thing on the nose. Mate, I didn't realize you could do that until like four weeks ago. <laughs> the little <laughs> ticking things off. I was like, I was, I was like, I didn't realize I could do this. And my mission was like, I could do it from my shopping list, like ticking things off. But little things like that, I'm big on that. Morning routines, kind of starting your day right. And when you mentioned about working smart, not hard, big believer in that because. Like I said, I can get into the kind of the rut of overworking myself. Say there was a time I was recording a podcast and maybe it wasn't going so well. I was trying to edit a YouTube video and it, I couldn't f- create content. Or I couldn't think of something. Like sometimes you might just have to say to yourself, right, just take a step back, go for a walk, kind of refresh yourself, or maybe just take the afternoon off. You've, mm-hmm. You're better off probably resting up and switching off and kind of getting in a better mindset, getting a good night's sleeping, waking up and crapping on with things the next day. And I think with social media, with influencers and stuff and uh, like the Gary Vee sort of lifestyle like get up really early hammer cups of coffee down you get loads of work done and don't have a bit of fun in your life like the life you can't be like that like consistently like you can do it maybe for a short period of time but long term it's not healthy it's probably not going to be productive you're not going to be able to maintain it so yeah even if you're looking and comparing yourself to people who are at the the highest level maybe have a good following good client base like they're not going to be 100% 100% on the ball every single day which is nice like podcasts like this obviously talking about it and, and getting to actually hear these the people on Instagram and stuff and hear what their their life's actually like and they, they're not always working all the time just kind of brings a little bit of reality to it
1: yeah I definitely think you touched on a brilliant there in terms of Gary Fee and like From my own social media point of view, like in terms of business, like I have Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. Like I'm trying to get like Google reviews. I have my team content. So when I look at my individual day, I'm trying to do like one Instagram post plus lots of stories, two or three TikToks. I'm thinking about planning a YouTube video. Like it does become really overwhelming, and like that's why I sort of said work smart, not hard. Like you can't keep producing content because it just doesn't quite work like that it becomes overwhelming it will catch up on you and as much as you want to be the Gary V and like work really hard and work throughout the day and that is possible but it does I guess I wouldn't say wear off but it does catch up on you and I had that on funny enough on Tuesday like Tuesday afternoon like I just couldn't think of content what i wanted to create and i just called it a day i I picked up a book i think i had clients in the evening anyway um but i just started reading just for half an hour 45 minutes just took my mind off it because again you know we want to be these we want to be these guys or girls that you know create so much content throughout the week and ideas flowing and you're doing this thing and you suddenly go into that the next thing and Mm -hmm. and and that can happen and you know that's what you should be aiming for you want to be productive in your days but you know sometimes it just doesn't work like that
0: yeah and when you mentioned about like you started reading or whatever i'm big on obviously switching off and going for a walk like sometimes when you switch off you might actually think of something like a lot yeah. of times when i go for like a 20 minute walk just to get some fresh air cuz i've been on my computer a day like things start coming to my head and i'm like you know what this like why don't i do this more often but sometimes when you're in that rut and you are like trying to work and you maybe things aren't going well you're like no i need to keep on working i need to keep on working but actually just taking that step back is so so much better and like you said it's not the Gary V sort of lifestyle. You might have days where you are really productive and you can do it, but I guarantee like down the line it'll just it'll catch up with you in the end. Mm-hmm. Go on. We'll wrap up then. Did you have a look at the three questions that I sent over to you? I sent over to have you have you made a little note about it or not? I have, honestly, prepared, the, the I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Go on then, right. First first question in the wrap up. Three people that you'd like to invite round for dinner, coffee, past or present. Oh, is it three people, is it? Three, I oh, mean, you can have, if you want one, you can have one, you can have, I did. yeah, you can just have three if you want. You can just have oh, the one, so, it's
1: up to you. So, so the two people I thought, funny enough, w- yeah. the first one was Gary Vee <laughs> I spoke <was joking> to <laughs> a second ago. No. I would
0: to be fair, I'd like to know how he does it, but go on, sorry. I, I,
1: I think from his point of view, like when it, when it comes to like speaking to him, I would just like to know how, he like, obviously he was so um, constant and, and consistent on Twitter and how he could spot certain, like even like TikTok as well, he knew it was going to grow. Like, I'd love to know a bit like, like I don't know if you're into like stocks and things like that, mm-hmm. but understanding the certain uh, stock that's going to grow as a business and how you like kind of spot those. Um, that'd be really cool to speak to him. Uh, I think Jeff Bezos for, you know, obvious reasons from an Amazon point of view. I'd just love to know how he kind of created this ultimate, I watched like a TikTok video. Um, sorry to go on, I'll do this really quickly, but just- no, uh, don't worry mate, oh, take it oh, as long as you want. Of, of like why amazon's um why amazon's king this guy has a whiteboard and it's it's like tick box it's like okay you want a product and then all the things it does like reviews and it tells you there's only a certain amount left and it tells you to buy now and everything's really quick and instant because you want to buy it and um i guess he's had he's got a whole team that that helped him with that but i'd love to know how he kind of create that design that has never been seen before yeah. like that instant kind of i want to buy that product because it's going to go out of stock that would be quite cool um I didn't
0: have a third one. That's just the yeah, two. No, I'm, to be fair, about the Amazon thing, I listened to a podcast about the, the you know the arrow on obviously the boxes of how it's like a smiley face now. Apparently it was originally the up other way down and he literally said, uh, it was either Jeff Bezos or someone else that we said, why don't you flip it upside down? And that was just like the idea that kind of like, it was one of them, um, Chris Will's podcast, Modern Wisdom, I don't know if you've learned of them. Yeah. It was someone who was on there, but I, but if I find the episode, I'll send it over to you after. Second question people you'd want to train with um, to, like to spring to mind
1: I think more recently like Ollie March on just yeah. from a functional fitness point of view I'd like some of some of the workouts he does like I wouldn't be able to sustain but I would love to try it and just just go for it and, and just like basically work off his energy that'd be pretty epic I think Christian Guzman would be an an epic person to to work out with just from an aesthetic point of view. And maybe if he was like one week out from competing in a show and training with him, then like that'd be that'd be really, pretty epic.
0: Um,
1: yeah, I only had two again
0: for that. Yeah, no, happy I was about going to say about Guzman. I'm very interested in his mindset because he is. I don't know if you've listened to. Uh, he was one of the old gym show owners. I can't remember. His name. He's got a podcast. Lewis Morgan, that's his name. There we go. Kim. He's done a podcast with uh, Max Tunin. Talking mm. about obviously Guzman's opening up Alpha Land and stuff, and apparently now he's just so focused on his business when he would go and tra- try and train match say, Oh come on, we'll go and train. He's like, Yeah, yeah, he takes a scoop of pre workout. He would literally do one setting and then go back to working on like Alpha Land that like, he's just so driven and focused on, like once he has a thing, like he just goes for it. So get another good podcast to listen to. But last question, one thing that you would say to yourself five years ago.
1: Consistency always wins. Consistency always wins. Like going back, to what you said in terms of if you're, you know, struggling if content's not doing well or you're not seeing a direction that you're you're going um, going towards. I think if you're just consistent and like you you have that ultimate goal, like just keep showing up every single day, every single week, um, and, and it will come together.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that word consistency, mate. A lovely way to wrap up. Just for people who are listening or watching on YouTube, where can people find you? your youtube instagram all that sort of stuff
1: yeah so um on TikTok, twitter instagram my my, my kind of handle is, is nathan another n and then collins
0: spot and i'll leave all the um links and stuff in the show notes and stuff but thank you very much for taking the time out and coming on mate it's been an absolute pleasure
1: yeah thanks so much for having me on appreciate spot it on.
0: so thank you very much if you listen to this full episode and thanks again nathan for coming on So definitely some some great things that we talked about there especially in terms of the point about working smart not hard being able to take time away from stuff You obviously he's got the phone free sunday which um, i really want to try and implement myself obviously sundays are a busy day as it is but down the line hopefully being able to take one full day off social media will definitely help not just myself but also others down the line so thank you very much for listening as always all the links for everything that we mentioned will be down in the show notes for the podcast if you can get the chance to share this podcast with one friend one family member anything like that or even share it on your instagram stories facebook whatever it is any sort of share would mean the world just screenshot uh the the picture of the the podcast tag myself and the guest on the on the story or whatever it is and it would just mean a world mean the world just to spread the word about the podcast so thank you very much again for listening this has been process